Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 913, air date March 22nd, 2021. Good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva. I've been uh, a little bit remiss on this weekend. I wanted to do these videos on ginger and green tea, but we got a little bit busy with uh, upgrades we're doing to our data center. So anyway, it's good to have everyone here. And this evening, I'll also be doing our, um, you know, our every week, I do our uh, group class and it's done, you know, on uh, in private uh, group class. We do it on our own infrastructure here. So I invite everyone to do that. That's this evening from 7 to 10 p.m. I run the Truth, Freedom and Health Warrior training program. And any one of you can sign up to it and I'll come back to that. So Mexico is back, hey Bernardo. Uh, hello from New Jersey, great, great to have you. So anyway, as people are joining, um, I'm gonna jump right into our um, our talk today. So today is gonna be ginger and, and immune health, a cytosol molecular systems biology analysis. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. And many of you know, let me just go back to this. I'm a little bit, let me, uh, let me go back here, okay, good. So I have, uh, I know many of you who listen to our talk, I typically, as people are signing in, I'm gonna do it the intro piece, and that way as people join in, you won't have to, if people have seen the intro piece. And good to everyone on Instagram, good to have you. Uh, we have people from London, Sparta, New Jersey, great Florida, wonderful. So as people are signing in, let me just go right to our talk here. So today's talk is gonna be on ginger and immune health. So today's talk is on ginger and immune health, a cytosol molecular systems biology analysis. And let me give an introduction on this. So all of you who want to go to the website, vashiva.com, V-A-S-H-I-V-A.com, that is literally the home of the Truth, Freedom and Health movement. And you can go there, you can find all sorts of background on, on, on the different, um, you can find backgrounds on many different things that I've been involved in. You can also um, get access to many different blog posts. Every day our production team does uh, at least one or two blog posts. We do our live videos uh, right from there. So please go to vashiva.com. When you go to that, when you go to vashiva.com, um, you'll find out that on that site that there are many, many different things I've done from the invention of email. By the way, email was a system. Email is not the simple exchange of text messages. I did that when I was a 14 year old kid. More recently, one of the other activities I've been doing is our research and educational institute, the International Center for Integrative Systems, also has created the first worldwide clean food certified seal. And that's a systems approach to food. Again, we take a systems approach to understanding food. Is it consciously created with safety? Is it living, which means, is it um, organic? Is it ethical, which means non-GMO? Is it active, which means are the compounds in the food bioactive? And is it nourishing? So we use a five-part scale to really determine a holistic way what, what food is. Um, in addition, another one of the activities I do is another company I run. It's an educational institute called Systems Health. And Systems Health is literally the integration of Eastern and Western medicine. And that is a way that people can actually understand that what's been done in the East for many thousands of years 
directly relates to engineering system theory. We have a master certification program. We have many different certification programs in there. It's really the science of systems. Um, one of the sister uh, things that I do is a tool that I created called Your Body, Your System. Your Body, Your System is available at yourbodyyoursystem.com. And that technology allows someone to do a self-assessment of their own body to understand what kind of system they are, and then understand when their body is off course, and then understand how foods and supplements and different kinds of exercises can use the forces of transport, conversion, and storage, as well as the forces of you know, Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. It integrates Eastern and Western medicine, but that's a self-assessment tool for you. And then you can also find out the various things I've done uh, with one, or you can also find out what I've done with Cytosol. Cytosol is really a technology for understanding the scientific source of truth. With Cytosol, we're actually able to model at the molecular level, um, molecular reactions based on the known literature out there. And it's literally the scientific source of truth. We're not claiming it's perfect, but based on what's going on at any point in science, we're able to bring that literature together and really understand it. So that's really uh, will give all of you a deep understanding of the many different kinds of things I do. But fundamentally, the interconnection of truth, freedom, and health is one of the things that is probably my latest uh, discovery and innovation and platform, and that's really embodied in the VA Shiva Truth, Freedom, and Health platform. So, by the way, th that's really, I'm sorry, that's really embodied in the Truth, Freedom, and Health platform. And as a part of that, a piece people are signing in, what I would like to do is to just go back for everyone and really play the video that I always like to play, which gives everyone a deep understanding of what truth, freedom, and health means and why it's important. So if you look at the sort of the DNA of everything I've been doing, it's always been around systems from the email system, the invention of email, from the creation of Cytosol, systems health, the clean food certified movement. But I would say probably the uh, most important thing I'm doing right now where I integrate all of those things the medical understanding of systems, the Eastern and Western understanding of systems, the political understanding of systems for truth, freedom, and health into this truth, freedom, and health platform. So let me just play that as people are coming in and uh, we'll start the ginger talk shortly. But here is really the talk about uh, what is the essence of the truth, freedom, and health movement. Allowed our country to be taken over from- Again? We have allowed our country to be taken over from within and the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have they don't okay. this reality is what people need to wake up to and we need to all unite working people there's only one movement that can do that and that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left-wing, right-wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution, and that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders we don't need followers like social media, we need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We gotta train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, 
freedom and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work uniting. And with the right. By the way, everyone, I was trying a new way to do that. I'm going to start from the beginning and just play that video again. And I'm going to play directly from the website. So those of you who want to go to vhshiva.com slash join. I don't think the video was streaming that well. So I'm just going to just redo that part again. I'm going to go right to vhshiva.com slash join. And you can follow it right from there. Uh, you know, this uh, the tool that I use just offered a new capability. You can literally embed a video, video, but it doesn't look like it works too well. So I'm going to go right here and do it right from there. So I'm going to remove this from the studio. Let me add it right there. And I think it'll be a lot cleaner to do it. So sorry about that, everyone. Um, so anyway, this is, again, the Truth, Freedom, and Health video that everyone can see. And you can follow along here. Let me make this bigger for everyone. Right. So let me go here. I'm going to play it right from here. Here we go. Sorry about that. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. And this reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, setting revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. We got to train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work united. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people. They have to go local, to go local, to go local. Fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down.
And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders. Oh, he said something. Or Robert Kennedy. Scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own, quote unquote, people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom and health. And they can find it on B as in Victor, A Shiva, BASHIVA.com. So people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VAShiva, Victory America Shiva, VAShiva.com. All right, everyone, good evening. We're going to uh, talk about Ginger today. Anyway, that's the background introduction about you know what the VA Shiva Truth, Freedom and Health movement's all about. And that's really that video really uh, encompasses uh, the heart and the soul of what we're trying to do here. It comes from all different things, but I hope all of you take advantage of it. So let me, um, uh, I'm gonna uh, jump right in and uh, I'm, we're gonna go right into our, uh, in some ways it's a class that we're doing today. And I have to do a class uh, this evening uh, on our um, on truth, freedom, and health. So I hope some of you can join us there. But anyway, the truth, freedom, and health uh, understanding is the basis of this movement. But what, what you'll understand is truth, freedom, and health is literally part of a larger systems understanding that all of our truth, freedom, and health warriors learn. So, but let's talk about ginger and immune health. By the way, by the way, um, you know what I did was I brought a piece of ginger here. People haven't seen it. Here's a piece of ginger, right? If you see it, I have tons of ginger at my home. I typically, uh, I'm boiling ginger typically uh, in the morning. Um, some people will take off the skin of ginger, right? Which is what I like to do. 
chop it up and I'll have a big bowl of water and I'll put it in there. And I typically can add it to different teas, but, um, and notice this is not a root. You'll find that ginger is actually a rhizome. Some people think it's a root. Um, it's in the turmeric, turmeric is also in the ginger family as we talked about, but this is a piece of ginger. No one's seen it. I'm sure most people have seen it, but the fresh root is great to get. Um, you can also take the root. I'll take it off and I'll mash it in a mortar and pestle. And sometimes you can add garlic to it, mix it in to make it into a paste that you can use in different things. But anyway, this is what ginger looks like, all right? In case, I'm sure most of you have seen it, but you never know, all right? Um, so let's jump right here. So um, what you're gonna learn today is, first we're gonna learn what is ginger, right? Uh, we're gonna look at <clears throat> what is the biologic, what biological functions does ginger affect? What health benefits does ginger provide? And we're, then we're going to end with really understanding how ginger affects the immune system. So got a lot to cover here and we have to do it pretty quickly in about 30 minutes because I have a class I got to teach at seven. Again, the class I teach is a truth, freedom and health warrior training class. All right. So, so what is ginger? Well, first of all, it's a mighty herb, you know, it's one of the most commonly consumed dietary con condiments in the world. It's a rhizome. It's not really a root. I mean, we say root, but it's the thing that grows off the side of roots. And it's the main portion of ginger that is consumed. Um, and the medicinal use of ginger dates all the way back to nearly 5,000 years um, in ancient, uh, uh, in ancient uh, both Chinese and Indi Indian medicines. And the medicinal effects of ginger attributed to its gingerol compound. So we're gonna talk about the gingerol compound. That's one of the active ingredients in ginger and generally recognized as safe by the um, uh, by the FDA. By the way, that term generally recognized as safe, G-R-A-S. So if someone says, oh, that's grass. Grass means is generally recognized as safe. That's where that comes from. All right, so that's really at a high level what ginger is about. Now, when you do, if you go to PubMed and you do the research, you'll find out that it's, it's quite a widely researched um, uh, supplement. There's nearly 12,260 research articles, 231 clinical trials on ginger, and that's over, you know, 89 years of medical research. So it's quite a, a, a large bit of research that's been done on it. So this is important to understand because, um, you know, the uh, some of the people try to discount the analysis here because they say, oh, not that much research has been done on it. But I think the important takeaway you want to recognize is quite a bit of research has been done on ginger, uh, over 12,000 papers. So the question becomes, how do we actually go through all of this and bring it all together? So let me talk to you about Cytosol. So Cytosol is a powerful technology that came out of my PhD work at MIT during the period of 2003 to 2007 to really address a very powerful grand challenge that was put forward by the National Science Foundation, which was, how could you, given that so much science and research is going on, how could you use technology to mathematically model the human cell? How could you use technology to understand literature in a field and organize it and put it in, in such a way that you could actually use the computer to model diseases, model biochemical, biomolecular functions on the computer so we could understand um, the science of what's going on. So that's really uh, where Cytosol begins. And if you go to the website, cytosol.com, you'll see this very cool picture of this pill 
almost digitized, which is basically saying we're trying to use computers to understand the power of the combination of ingredients, foods, food is medicine. And it's really a 23rd century platform for discovery uh, where we could do this faster, cheaper, and safer. So as I mentioned, so if you look at all those papers that are out there on any topic and any indication, Cytosol has the ability to take all that research, bring it down to the relevant research, extract from it the molecular pathways, and then get a systems understanding of that phenomenon. Let's say it's inflammation or Alzheimer's or brain health or you know uh, cancer, et cetera. And from that, we can then derive a computational understanding in addition to the bioinformatics understanding. And so one of the areas that I thought Cytosol would be very powerful used is in the entire drug development field, which is highly, highly, uh, 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 takes a lot of time to do. It's highly, highly inefficient. You can see, and it's inefficient and it's broken. The trillion dollar pharmaceutical industry is broken. First of all, they can only work with a single compound. They can't handle food, right? Because food has millions or thousands of, you know, tens of many different compounds. They can only handle a synthetic compound. And then they do in vitro screening, which means in a test tube. Um, and then if that works, quote unquote works, then they go get funding to test, let's say cancer on an animal. So here they're doing cancer cells in a test tube. Then they do in vivo, which is on an animal. And if all of this doesn't kill too many of the animals, they try to get funding to try to see if they can take this to human trials. This is called, they have to get an FDA allowance to do that. Then they do small sets of humans called phase one, larger sets called phase two, and many, many humans called phase three. This is the process of pharmaceutical drug development. And the interesting thing is 20% of the stuff that goes into phase one never makes it, which means it fails. So a lot of the work here is being done very ineffectively. So my theory was, wow, if you could do this better, you could solve a lot of the side effects and the stuff that comes out of this end. And furthermore, it takes about $5 billion, 13 years to do, and it's impossible for this methodology to handle combinations or personalized or imprecise. It can't handle food, right? So, and furthermore, if you look at pharmaceutical industry, this is why they need to move into the market of vaccines because year over year over year, they're doing R&D funding in this pharmaceutical model and big pharma is frankly failing big time. In fact, even the FDA is not allowing any of their medicines or less and less of their medicines to come out because of the side effects and the toxicity. So this is why pharma is moving so fast into vaccines because vaccines don't have to go through the same regulatory framework, all right? Because vaccines are considered a biologic. So um, the other uh, important thing to understand is the entire drug development model is based on like the blind man touching the elephant. So if, if the elephant here represents immune health, if the elephant represents cancer, right? Um, you'll find out that the individual way that research is done today in academia is, um, it's reductionism. Research is actually what is called reductionist research, the way we do, do things. So academia is incentivized not to look at the whole problem. And this is something I'll keep repeating and keep making clear because a lot of people don't understand the real source of where the problem in medical research comes from. It goes back to academia. Even before big pharma is academic research where if you're a researcher in academia, you're incentivized not to look at the whole problem. You're incentivized to be the blind man 
looking at parts of the problem. And God forbid you ever got together and decided to work together, you would end up with something like this, which looked nothing like the elephant, okay? Because the entire research base is not holistic, you know, it looks at pieces. So the guy touching the, the trunk thinks it's a snake, the guy touching the tusk thinks it's a, it's a, it's a sword, et cetera. So you don't even get anything close to the elephant. It's fundamentally broken. Moreover, starting in 2003 is when we had a big opportunity for a revolution in biology. And what was that? We found out that the complexity of an organism is not a function of the number of parts. Prior to 2003, biology kept saying, well, uh, we knew a worm had around 20,000 genes. And the idea was, well, a human being uh, we knew is so much more complex. We knew uh, the thought, uh, the hypothesis was that a human being must have at least 100,000 million genes. Well, the uh, irony was when the genome project ended in 2003, remember the human genome project was all about saying that genes are who we are, but it turns out genes are not who we are. We only have 20,000 genes, the same number of genes as a worm. So this flipped biology in its head and it moved to a field called systems biology. And by the way, um, what you're learning here, you're not gonna learn anywhere else because systems biology is still relatively a new field. And systems biology says, we don't just, in order to understand the whole human here, we gotta understand how the genes interact with proteins across cells and tissues to understand the whole. So it's a systems approach to biology. Uh, uh, um, we're, we're spanning many spatial scales as well as temporal scales. So this was manifested in one of the grand challenges that the National Science Foundation put forward in 2003. You know, the National Science Foundation makes great challenges, which is try to incentivize the movement of science forward. And the challenge that they put forward in 2003 is now recognizing, wait a minute, it's not just about the genes, it's about the entire human cell. And the question was, could we create a technology to mathematically model the entire cell? So imagine the cell as a, reactor of all these mathematical or chemical reactions, all these chemical reactions, could we create a technology that could mathematically model that? And by the way, any one of these chemical reactions looks like this. Chemical A reacts with chemical B to give protein X. And these in 2003, some of these little uh, diagrams are becoming mathematical models. My goal was, my goal of my PhD work was, could we interconnect many, many mathematical models so you could scale, which means create large scale models in a decentralized way. And that was really the creation of Cytosolve. So this was my PhD work. Uh, what I created was a technology that could provide a framework for modeling complexity. And before my PhD was done, people thought this was an impossible problem. And even after I finished my PhD in 2007, I spent five years publishing a lot of scientific papers in the leading journals because you always have naysayers. And, uh, and I proved it out with many different uh, industrial organizations. In fact, use Cytosoft to discover a combination therapy for pancreatic cancer, all done on the computer without killing animals. So Cytosoft is a major breakthrough because it says that we can use a computer to save a lot of time, money, and find out what works even in the uh, nutraceutical field. So that's what Cytosolve is. Cytosolve is a powerful technology. So by the way, if you think email as the electronic version of the, of the inner office communication system, Cytosolve is the electronic version of the molecular communication system. So if you think about an airplane today, we don't, uh, we don't, you know, we don't throw a pilot 
into a, we don't just throw pilots into some uh, new airplanes. We do all of the air, airplane designs on the computer. We find out what fails, what works. And then we take a finite set of the designs and then we go test it on the wind tunnel. And then hopefully we don't kill too many pilots at all. So Cytosolve is the equivalent of that. Cytosolve allows us to test things in silico, which means on the computer. And not only can we test a single compound, we can test combinations of compounds, which is what the pharma industry cannot do. So as, as we study any of these herbs or foods, they have many, many different compounds, right? So we're able to test it on the computer long before we go kill animals, long before we go into the wet lab. And this allows us to discover things faster, cheaper, and safe, safer. So by way of example, if you think about, you know, when I grew up in India, or you may remember people doing the mortar and pestle combining things, right? We're able to do that same effect on the computer. When my grandmother, for example, used to come up with combinations of, let's say, mixing this herb and that herb. Um, if you asked her, well, how did you do that? She would speak in a language it was hard for people to understand in terms of not only language, but using an ancient system of medicine. With Cytosol, we can break through that. And what we can do is, for example, let's say I wanted to combine turmeric, which we talked about, with resveratrol, which uh, or, or grapes. Well, how would you combine both those things and what effect would it have on your body? Let's say relative function called inflammation. Using Cytosol, we're literally able to use a computer to mathematically model all the molecular pathways of where curcumin, the active ingredient in turmeric, affects all the inflammatory pathways. So by the way, just to give you a heads up, this outer circle is a cell wall. This is a nuclear wall. And what I've done here is mapped out all the chemical reactions from nearly 6,000 papers. All the places curcumin, which is the active ingredient in turmeric hit. So you're seeing uh, all the red lines are all the different places where cur curcumin has an effect at the cellular level, including at the nuclear level. And then you're looking at similarly, the blue lines where resveratrol hits. Then I'm able to mathematically model the combination of both curcumin and resveratrol, okay? I interact both of them. How am I able to do that? I'm able to create a simulation on the computer. So the, the right column here represents a cytokine, which is an inflammatory cytokine. So here I have no curcumin or resveratrol. I have a high amount of inflammation. Again, we're not killing any animals. We're doing this experiment on the computer. Then when I just give curcumin, you notice it drops from 0.15 to 0.05, which is a drop in inflammation, and that's validated by clinical work. Then if I just give resveratrol, it drops from 0.15 to 0.06, which is also good, not as good as curcumin. And then if I do a combination, and I want people to listen to this carefully. This is why the principles of systems is important, the concept of synergy. This is why food is medicine. Here, what I'm doing, is I'm not just giving a lot of curcumin, a lot of resveratrol, I'm doing a combination therapy. I'm giving a little bit less of curcumin from five to three, 40% less, a little bit less of resveratrol from five to two, okay? Which is a 60% reduction. Watch what happens. You get a massive, nearly a 200% further decline in the cytokine response, which means the combination of curcumin and resveratrol had upregulates or downregulates, to be specific, inflammation even further. This is called the synergistic response. This is the power of cytosol. Cytosol is really the source of scientific truth. And what we've done now over the last 16 years, we've built an amazing infrastructure in our data center that many, many different organizations can use. And that's this is essentially what we used 
to really understand the effects of ginger on immune health or turmeric on immune health or you know molecular hydrogen on immune health or or nitric oxide on the effect of cardiovascular cytosol is an amazing revolutionary breakthrough which allows us to look at all the literature over here on the bottom right mine it mathematically model it we work with the research community we want as many people to be involved we want citizen scientists that's what cytosol is about cytosol is an decentralized, inclusive, transparent, open, personalized, system-based infrastructure for finding the scientific source of truth, okay? And what I've decided to do is, you know, for the last many, many years, I've been helping major companies in business to business understand it. But over the last 15 years, we have created repositories of mathematical models. And what we're doing now is to use Cytosol for the public to also understand how does this ingredient affect this? That's how I'm able to do these educational videos. And that's part of the Truth, Freedom and Health platform. So uh, I appreciate all your guys' support and the contributions people make. And in return for that, we're starting to offer courses, but that's what Cytosol is. Cytosol is an engine to find the scientific source of truth. So we will continue to um, support your education by doing that. Okay, so that's really the background on Cytosol, which I think it's uh, important for everyone to understand. So let's go back to ginger, okay? So ginger, when we look at ginger, we're using Cytosol to understand the complexity of ginger, okay? Yes, Robert says a brilliant tool for health. Yes, it's the tool that's been needed. It's a tool that interconnects East and West, and it's really been the journey of my life. <laughs> so I'm very, very uh, um, excited to share this with you and very, uh, fortunate to, be, to have, um, you know, come to this stage where I can do this. So let's go to ginger. So what is in ginger? Okay. What is actually in ginger? And we'll find is in ginger, there's 115 different chemical compounds. Think about that. 115 different chemical compounds have been identified, which means doesn't mean that there's not any less. Um, it's got minerals, it's got vitamins, it's got gingerols. Okay many minerals, vitamins, and gingerols. So these are, by the way, there are a total of 33 gingerol-related compounds, 33. Now we're gonna focus on, we're gonna focus on four of them, six gingerol, eight gingerol, 10 gingerol, and six shogol, okay? So up here, as I like to normally do, this is the six gingerol over here. You see it's got the, um, OH and the, and, the, and the string of, you know, carbons with the OH and double O over it. 10 gingerol essentially has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You can see it's got from here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, up until the OH, okay? This has one, two, three, four, five, six. This is how they number in organic chemistry. And over here, eight gingerol has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight gingerol, okay? Six shogol, you notice it doesn't have the OH group. It has one, two, three, four, five, six. So that's how you understand the, the numbering, okay? So that's the gingerols, all right? Now, let's look at the biological effects of ginger. When we do the analysis here, we're gonna first look at the biological effects, which means at the molecular systems level, and then we're gonna look at how that manifests at the health level, all right? So from a biological understanding, the deep dive into the literature um, allows us to understand that ginger has multiple effects. First of all, anti-obesity -obes activity. 
gastroprotective effects, anti-diabetic, antibacterial, photoprotective effects, which means against sunburn, okay? Inhibition of inflammatory activity, immune system, neuroprotective effects for the brain, anti-tumor effects in area cancer, hepatoprotective effects. Someone said, up in my neck of the woods, we use plant called Devil's Club. It's a cure-all like ginger. Uh, thanks, uh, praise Trinity, thanks for sharing that. But you can see that it has hepatoprotective effects. What does hepato mean? Hepato means liver, okay? Many of these roots, these rhizomes, including turmeric, as we've talked about, has a very powerful effect for protecting the liver. And by the way, you support the liver. There's a liver skin access. I was just talking to someone uh, who was concerned with their kids having skin issues. So just think about your liver, by the way, is a very powerful organ for detoxification. And when the liver is congested, it'll use your skin. So if you see a lot of skin issues, you know, you want to look at the liver. Anyway, um, the, the value of ginger is it supports the, the, uh, uh, the effects of uh, hepatoprotective activities, okay? Now, you can see, we're gonna now look at the molecular targets of ginger. So ginger affects many, many different, so when we say molecular targets, it's important to understand what we're talking about is ginger, from the research that we've looked at with cytosol, goes and affects different other molecules. Remember, get all your, your body is a big chemical factory. And what ginger does is ginger can bind with other molecules. That's called a target. And that binding can have an effect to increase the activity of that molecule or downregulate the activity, okay? So these are called molecular targets, all right? So molecular targets. So let's look at the molecular targets of ginger. So what are those molecular targets? Well, it has inflammatory enzymes it affects. So lipoxygenase, cyclooxygenase, these are what's called COX-2 enzymes or uh, the lipoxygenase enzyme Z. So when, when, when ginger connects with the inhibition of cyclogenase enzymes, it downregulates inflammation. Um, um, ginger also has molecular targets of the interleukins, interferon gamma and TNF alpha, okay, right here. These are also inflammatory cytokines. Then it also affects transcription factors, NF-kappa-beta. NF-kappa-beta is one of those transcription factors which is at the DNA level that's involved in cancer. You don't, you know, it's, it's a marker for cancer. So NF-kappa-beta um, and ginger or NF-kappa-beta serves as a target for ginger. And when uh, ginger binds to that, it has a very powerful effect in having anti-carcinogenic, anti-tumor effects. Ginger also has a very powerful effect. Um, if we go over here in cell growth, phases GO1 and GO phase activators, very, very important when you're looking at cell proliferation. That's what happens in cancer. So it regulates that. And it, and it, and it also is involved in the cell death regulators, P53, I'm sorry, P53, BCL2, Survivin, and Bax. Why are these important? Because when cancer takes place in your body, cells that are supposed to die do not die, okay? And this is a problem because this is why the tumor cell doesn't die because it doesn't go through the normal cycle. And what ginger does is it interacts with these P53, BCL2, Cervivin, and Bax to ensure that apoptosis, which is cell death, occurs. And then we have angiogenesis regulators, VEGF. What is that? 
Well, when you're, when God forbid anyone gets cancer, but when the tumor cell places itself in some organ or some area, it then starts proliferating itself. It puts down its own vasculature. And VEGF, which is a molecule, is very, very important for controlling that vasculature. So again, this good news is, and that's called angiogenesis. So um, we see ginger also interacts with that. So obviously what you're finding is the research shows that ginger can have many, many anti-cancer properties from its interaction, okay? So that's the molecular targets of ginger. Now, what are the health benefits of ginger? So what we walked through is the molecular aspects and the biological aspects. So what are the health benefits? Well, ginger has so many profound effects. First of all, um, you know, it's oxidative damage. It's, it's, it's anti-aging, okay? Inflammation, amazing for nausea and vomiting. I can't recommend this enough and you should obviously talk to your doctors, right? But if you're ever in a air flight and you feel nausea or you're car sick, you know, one of the best things, if you can get some good, you take ginger, but ginger ale. Um, it's a very powerful way to deliver it. Obviously, you can get it organic with less sugar, but ginger ale is phenomenal for nausea and vomiting. It's a way to really quiet the body down, and it's very powerful for the stomach, all right? So it's a very simple cure-all for that if you want to look into that. Cancer, asthma, dementia, diabetes, ulcerative colitis, cardiovascular disease, platelet aggregation, which is coagulation, and cholesterol. So you can see ginger inhibits all of these things. Um, so it's something, that's why in traditional cultures, you know, it's not like you have to think about this. Ginger is pretty much involved in most of the diet. As a part of the diet, you're always including ginger. You're putting it into, you're having ginger tea. Um, I don't go a day without having some type of ginger tea or including it some food. It's basically a powerful, mighty herb, you know? So this is why in ancient times, people learned certain herbs are so powerful. You didn't have to think about it. You just included it as a part of your diet. It was, it was a very superior food, all right? Uh, all right, so those are the very powerful health benefits, the biological benefits of ginger. What I wanna now take a little uh, um, tour for you on is how did I get involved in this, you know? How did I get involved in understanding things as a system? You see, ginger is itself a system and your body is a system. And so when you take this system interacts with your body, it has some profound effects. So this is why you have to start thinking everything as systems, systems, systems. Food is a system. An herb is a system. So ginger has, you can see it has all these systemic effects. And I wanna share with you, which I'll uh, you know, try to repeat in many of these videos because I know some of you are new, my journey to systems because it'll take you on this long journey I took and that's why I've interconnected the fight for truth, freedom, and health, how I look at transport, conversion, and storage, why I want all of you to be truth, freedom, and health warriors, why the interconnect of engineering, medicine, and politics are one and the same. Once you understand systems, you'll see we don't need to look at politics in its own little bucket over here or engineering over here or science. They're all interconnected. So let me take you to that journey and we'll come back to Ginger as a system, okay? So that journey for me begins in India. I grew up as a young kid in Bombay, India, which was a system within a system. You had extremely wealthy people, extremely poor people. You had all different religious systems, right? Uh, Zoroastrians, you know, you had Hindus, you had Christians. Out, outside of our apartment in Bombay, we could look at, you know, during the holidays, all different holidays taking place. 
we lived in a very, very multilingual uh, system. But I also was aware of the caste system in India where people were put into their unfortunate little buckets. But I also experienced a different kind of system. I, I, I experienced a system of Indian agriculture or without electricity, without you know any uh, running water in the early you know mid 60s where my grandparents uh, lived in and there were scenes like this where my grandparents were poor village farmers but my grandmother in addition to being uh, someone who worked 16 hours a day in the village she was also the village shaman which means a healer and this was her and her sunday best she would on saturdays and sundays you know 30 40 people would come to our small village home she would observe their face she could diagnose what kind of system they were. And then when she would figure out the right medicine for the right person at the right time for their particular imbalances. This is what got me excited when I moved to the United States as a seven-year-old kid in 1970. By the time I was 14, I had gone to NYU in their computer science program. And I started working full-time. And this may be hard for people to believe. I started working full-time and I got a job as a research fellow at a medical school where I was very interested in applying computers to medicine. And I was looking at why babies were dying in their sleep, the sleep system. Babies have actually six states of sleep. And I was trying to figure out, could I use computers to determine when a baby would stop sleeping at a certain sleep cycle? This was to, for to, to understand new ways to stop SIDS where babies were dying in their sleep. But I also, in that medical school understood another system, the inter-office mail system, which included the secretary who had the inbox, outbox, folders. And she would write this thing called a memo to, from, subject, carbon paper, completely different system. And this was put into an envelope. And this was then transferred through these pneumatic tubes. Anyone over the age of 40 remembers these, but this was also another system. And I was asked to convert this entire system into the electronic form. I, I wrote 50,000 lines of Fortran code before I came to MIT, named that system email, as you can see here, and you know won a number of awards in innovation before, again, I came to MIT. And in fact, when I got to MIT, the president of MIT told me that I should copyright it because that was the only way to protect software inventions because a patent system was behind software. And so you can see right here, I patented, uh, copyrighted email, giving me the first US copyright for email, recognizing me of the inventive email. But more importantly, I learned about systems, sleep systems, technology systems as email. Now, 33 years later, my dear mom was dying of a horrible disease called pulmonary fibrosis. In a suitcase, she had saved all of this. And, um, and then the senior technology editor of Time Magazine, Doug Ameth, by the way, one of the few journalists, if not the only, reviewed all this material and he wrote an article called The Man Who Invented Email. And any controversy that exists comes from a um, lack of understanding that email is a system. It's not the simple exchange of text messages. But one of the things that the invention of email brings us to is a system of innovation, right? Again, another system that the innovation of email did not occur in the military industrial academic complex. It occurred in the system of a loving family, public school teachers, and a mentor. It was in that triangle that I was able to have the freedom, the infrastructure where innovation took place. So I want you to understand that the journey to systems occurred in this very vibrant environment and the same structural understanding of how ginger works or an herb works can go back to this understanding. And all of that occurred before I came to MIT. And when I came to MIT, 
after many degrees and my PhD, I discovered the system of Western medicine and got a PhD in it, right? Western medicine looks like this, where in order to understand the whole, let's say the human body, the large scale organization, you got to understand functional modules, but ultimately you're dealing with genes and proteins, et cetera. Now the Eastern system of medicine deals in a very different world. It deals with Purusha and Prakriti and all these different interactions, which defines a whole human being. But interesting enough, in the Indian system of medicine, there are three terms, Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. This is directly related to a way that my grandmother would diagnose your body, okay? So she either saw you as a Vata or a Pitta or a Kapha body type, all right? So this is, what, this is the way Eastern systems were understood. And I wanted to find the intersection of both of these. This led me on uh, a Fulbright research back to MIT in 2007. My goal was to integrate East and West. And what I discovered, and this was on the front page of MIT, by the way, MIT was quite intrigued. Why, you know, at, armed with all these four degrees, do I want to go back to India? And, I did, and they did a front page article on this. But what I discovered was the Indian system of medicine that uses the word Vata, Pitta, and Kapha was directly related to the engineering systems concepts that I'd learned at MIT, transport, conversion, storage. By the way, in the interest of time, all of you will learn this when you sign up for the Truth, Freedom, and Health Warrior training program. And what I discovered was that this system is the same as this system. And in fact, I wrote a scientific paper in an engineering journal really documenting this breakthrough, which will literally help us interconnect East and West. And that ended up becoming a whole institute I've set up called Systems Health, where people can take a master certification program. And um, many of you um, may be interested in this. We've had doctors, healthcare practitioners, yoga teachers, anyone can take it. Um, there's a whole set of books written around it. People can get certified. Well, out of that course, when I began my campaign, I realized that I wanted to create a slogan or an understanding for a movement that could be based on science. And that led me to create the concepts truth, freedom, and health. Well, truth, freedom, and health is founded in science. And there's a course I created called the Foundation of the Systems, which I'm late for today, which I got to go teach, which is a foundation of the Truth, Freedom and Health Warrior Training Program. And the Truth and, and the Foundations of Systems says, look, Truth, Freedom and Health have a scientific foundation. So if you go back to look at engineering, transport, conversion and storage, that my Fulbright research set are related to Vata, Pitta, Kapha, while my recent work shows that all these are interconnected. Engineering meets medicine meets politics. So fundamentally, I've created a science of not only political change, not only taken from engineering systems theory, which all interconnects. So when you understand systems, science of systems, you're understanding the science of everything, okay? That's what you're understanding without any hyperbole. So I encourage everyone to take this, and that's really the truth, freedom, and health movement, okay? And so um, what I wanna do is, and all of you, when you go understand this, you can really understand the foundations of truth, freedom, and health. So, and by the way, those of you who go into the warrior training program, please go check it out. You get access to a dashboard where you get access to all the knowledge I just shared. You get understanding of truth, freedom, and health. You, you will understand the science of everything. You will then get access to books and the tool, your body, your system, and the portal, and the there's a whole scientific report. You'll get access to all those books. and and the, the scientific paper. So I encourage all of you to do that. And I'm very grateful for all of you who, who are contributing and those people who contribute 100 or more 
will get access to the Truth Freedom Health Warrior training program. But then you also get to build community. I want you to go online without fear. This is in our data center. You could create your own community here, ask questions. There's a social media equivalent that we've done to Facebook, all underground so you don't get thrown off. And you can create your own interaction. And then you can get activated. You can learn how do you educate your neighbors about the real systems issue of masks, how you educate them to go beyond vax and anti-vax. So this is a systems approach. And that systems approach really is what teaches us about the immune system. So I want you to understand when you take that systems approach, um, uh, so when you learn about the immune system, so let's, we wanna talk about the immune system that we're gonna use to understand all ingredients. Well, when you look at the immune system, you'll find out the old 1915 model of the immune system that is still used by scientists and doctors is based on this very simplistic understanding where a pathogen comes into you and then your innate immune system reacts, which is the aspect of your immune system in your eyes, your throat, your, you know, uh, you know, your gut. And that immune system um, is one part. And the idea is that this immune system will then trigger your adaptive immune system to create antibodies. And the idea is this is pretty much it, okay? Therefore, the whole goal of this old two compartment model of the immune system is we need antibodies, 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 okay? And the reality though is the research that I presented at the National Science Foundation just a couple of years ago, it modernizes this very rudimentary understanding of the immune system. It's not just antibodies. Guess what? Your immune system contains the interferon system where I spent nearly five years of my work researching as part of my PhD work at MIT. It contains your microbiome and the biome, 60 trillion bacteria, 380 trillion viruses in your own um, body, the neural system, the gut-brain axis. This is really the holistic systems-based understanding of the immune system. And what this teaches us is it's more than just antibodies. So for example, the typical innate immune system is, here is your immune cell. The, this little pink structure here is the remnants of a virus that your body tries to eat up. And this remnant is, and the second two is the antigen, which presents it to the T cell and your T cell creates the antibodies. That's pretty much what they're talking about. Again, here's another way. You're looking at a series of infected uh, epithelial cells. The macrophage slides through the lining and after it eats it up, it presents this to the CD4 T cell, which causes your B cell to create antibodies over here. It stops the virus, but also the CD4 cell innervates your CD8 T cell to go kill the infected cell. So this is pretty much this very rudimentary understanding of the immune system. But the point is they ignore the IFN. They're ignoring many, many things, okay? So the interferon system is much more profound. It comes long before the immune system, the antibody system even kicks in. The interferons in constitute the first line of defense against infection. In fact, interferons create the antiviral env environment in the cell. Thousands of genes get upregulated with the interferon system. And type one IFNs are present in virtually all cells in the body, in every cell in the body. This is important. Antibodies may not be present in every cell, but interferons are. And these are the two type one and type two interferons. So it's very important for us to understand this when we look at ingredients, um, like any of the ingredients we're gonna look at, that interferon system is everywhere. And unfortunately, the MDs and the scientists don't even talk about the interferon system, right? So there are people who will get a virus or a flu. 
they won't they won't even get antibodies but their body fights it because the interferon system creates ifns which go and activate uh nk cells they activate you know the natural killer cells so your body gets immunity other ways so it's not just the antibodies that's a reductionist non-systems view okay so there you go you just learned the immune system anyway that's a quick synopsis of this. There's greater videos that we've done that'll educate you on more, all right? So that's the full nature of the immune system. Now, what is the effects of ginger on immune health? Well, let's look at it. Well, first of all, the gingerols modulate the immune system through their anti-inflammatory properties. Ginger essential oil exhibits antimicrobial effects. Gingerols alleviate allergy symptoms through inhibition of the histamine release. And gingerols also relieve asthma symptoms by inhibiting airway contraction. So gingerols really modulate the immune system, okay? And they and the oil exhibits antimicrobial effects. So how does that work? So let's look at it in detail. So remember, here's gingerol, and inflammation leads to harmful disproportionate immune response. So here of inflammation, and then you have the cytokine storm, which you do not want. So what does gingerol do? Look what gingerol does. It's like a left and right punch. Okay, on the left side here, it 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 um, it exhibits um, well. Gingerols inhibit the transcription factor NF kappa beta, which is responsible for TNF alpha, IL eight, and IL one beta. These are these are this part of the cytokine storm. So gingerol stops that, but ginger also stops COX two and five locks, which are the ones that create inflammation through PG two here and LTB. Okay, so ginger has a powerful effect on modulating inflammatory enzymes and cytokines. The second thing is ginger also has an antimicrobial effect, just like vitamin D3 does. It has an antimicrobial effect. And how does it do that? Ginger literally knocks out, okay? And the antimicrobial mechanism of action of ginger is it disrupts the cell membrane. It's like a bunch of bullets shooting at the membrane of bacteria and fungi. It starts blowing them up and it also, the antifungal nature of, of ginger is it also disrupts the cell membrane disruption. So it disrupts the cell membrane. That's what the essential oil of ginger does, okay? Very powerful. The next thing is ginger also modulates allergy, the allergic response, because your body produces histamines. You know, so if you look at antihistamines, okay? So ginger has an antihistamine effect. So as you can notice here, what ginger does, the basophils, this purple structure here, produces histamines in response to allergens. Now, what histamines are implicated in antigen-specific things, for example, some people have to nuts and shellfish and pollen. And what ginger does, it, it mitigates the allergic reaction by reducing the production of histamines in the basophils. So ginger works inside the basophils so you don't have this allergic response. And then finally, relative to asthma, ginger does something quite powerful. You can see right here, are the calcium ion channels. So under asthmatic conditions, CA2 ions enter, right? So calcium ions enter the airway smooth muscle cells and cause contraction of the airways. That's why people feel like they can't breathe. So the calcium ions enter there and they start basically, the, you know, if you've seen people in asthma, they start wheezing and they can't breathe. So what occurs here is right here, you can see what ginger does. Ginger prevents the CA2 calcium ions from entering the calcium ion entry by inhibiting the calcium cha um, channels on the 
airway smooth muscles. So here are the airway smooth muscles. Here you have the calcium ion entry channels and gingerol blocks that. So gingerol inhibition of calcium channels leads to alleviation of asthma symptoms. All right, there you go. So in closing, what you can see here is that ginger has a synergistic effect. It not just hits one thing. It's like, um, it, it's like an orchestra conductor turning on many things, right? Anti-inflammatory effects, modulates the cytokine storm, supports the calcium channels for asthma uh, in terms of allergies. So it's a multiplicative effect. So in closing, I want to end with pounding on the fact, as I talked about when I looked at the curcumin and the resveratrol example, what cytosol is able to do is we're able to understand these synergistic responses because that's why we're able to really discover things. So that synergy response um, is what's involved here. So when we look at the synergistic principle, what we're able to also discover is that when you look at that, you know, yogi who, or that medicinal healer is mixing many things together, we've been able to use the same approach to develop a new product. You know, for years, I've been helping many, many of the largest brands in the world in the nutraceutical space figure out how their combinations work on the business to business side. And over the last 16 years, we've actually built our own models. We've really started getting a deep understanding. And about a year ago, a couple of years ago, um, we started looking at the many different types of things that are out there that can lower um, discomfort and pain in the body. And we went through billions of computations and we have figured out a powerful product that I'm proud to release. So this is coming out where we're actually going to the consumer, to people like you, to support your health. And it's called MV25. And it's a product we call it Momentum to Move. By the way, mass times velocity is momentum in physics. So we're able to understand the interrelationship of a number of very powerful nutrients. And that has resulted in MV25. And as I say very uh, clearly on the back of the bottle, it says Dr. Shiva MV25 was formulated using the Cytosolf computational systems biology platform, a technology for precision and personalized health invented by Dr. Shiva during his doctoral research at MIT. This formulation results from integrating thousands, thousands of peer reviewed scientific papers like we just did with ginger, okay? Or with any of the nutrients, thousands of peer reviewed scientific papers across four decades in 68 research institutions and computing trillions of potential combinations, trillions. We just didn't do one combination but trillions of combinations of biomolecular reactions to discover an optimal synergy of compounds that downregulate the biomarkers of discomfort and normal swelling. So when we put this on the label, Cytosol Optimize, means this formula has been optimized to maximize benefits and bioavailability while minimizing toxicity based on current research curated by Cytosol. As the science advances, so will this formulation. This is our promise. So, and by the way, uh, MV25 is clean, certified clean, which means we're not we're using organic sources. Um, we're not using uh, uh, GMO sources, and it's made in the United States. But we're very proud of this because, um, and by the way, you can go to vashiva.com and to the shop to get it. But what's powerful about this is a promise that we're making. The important thing to understand is science is constantly changing. And what many of these nutraceutical companies do, they throw a formulation, that's it, they throw a lot of marketing. The promise we're making is as the science improves, this formulation will also improve. And that's really the scientific method. So anyway, in closing, what I want to share with you is when we take a systems approach like we've done 
to developing MB25 is that when you take Ginger again, we can also take an Eastern and engineering systems approach. Everything I've shared with you now comes from the bottoms up molecular systems engineering approach. Well, we can also take a bottoms up approach, but from integrating engineering systems theory as well as Eastern systems of medicine, which is what we've done with the approach that I shared with you earlier, where we're looking at engineering systems theory, which is what I discovered after my Fulbright work. And by the way, if you go to your body, your system, which is by the way, included for anyone who becomes a truth, freedom and health warrior, you will understand when you look at your body, your system, we have a exam that you can run on yourselves, which will help figure out what kind of body system you are. Then the black dot, uh, denotes where how you're imbalanced from you today. And then you can figure out the system will calculate the right foods, supplements, exercises, yoga postures that are right for you. And obviously this is not a medical tool. It's helping you figure out how the forces of transport conversion storage affect you. And by the way, there's a book that goes along and the entire Your Body, Your System program. And I want to thank many of you who've donated 25 or more to building our truth, freedom and health movement. You guys get that together when you contribute that. Again, it's my way of thanking you. But when you look at ginger, and if you apply this, you'll find out when you look at your body, you'll find out from the engineering systems approach, ginger lowers vatha, okay? So if you're very jittery and 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 you wanna calm down, right? If you have an upset stomach, that's transport. Ginger lowers vatha. Ginger also lowers pitta, that's the fresh ginger. Big difference between fresh ginger and dry ginger. Fresh ginger lowers Pitta, okay, which means it calms your digestion, okay. The the this um, the dry ginger. Oops, this is really should be dry ginger. Sorry about that. This should really the dry ginger increases pitta. Let me uh, edit that right here. So um, big difference between fresh ginger and dry ginger. Let me edit it right here. Dry ginger, okay. Dry ginger is. Let me bring that up again. There's a mistake here to everyone that I've just edited to people listening. Dry ginger, sorry about that. Fresh ginger lowers, you know, like the ginger ale, right? It'll stop an upset sungin. If you need more digestion, metabolism, that's a dry ginger. And then ginger also lowers kapha, okay? Which is, which means it lowers fat storage, which kapha is this. So you can see from an engineering standpoint, from an Eastern approach, the effects of ginger. How much should you take? Well. The research shows the maintenance dosage is around 250 milligrams to 4.8 grams per day. For pain, you wanna take about two grams per day. For sugar control, diabetes, 1.6 grams per day or 1600 milligrams. For migraines, 250 milligrams single dose. And nausea, 250 milligrams to two grams. Again, all of this, you can see the references here, you can look up on PubMed. All right, in summary, ginger inhibits inflammatory enzymes such as COX-2, and five locks, thereby controlling runaway immune response. Ginger directly kills bacteria and fungi. Ginger inhibits the inflammatory cytokines and ginger mitigates allergic reactions and asthma and symptoms. So there you go. That is our talk today on ginger and the immune system. I hope this was valuable. And I wanna encourage all of you to understand that throughout this talk here, I've integrated many things, the science of systems, talked about truth, freedom, and health, talked about transport, conversion, and storage, talked about politics, talked about the invention of email. Why? Because everything is interconnected. When we do these videos on studying ginger to affect 
the immune system, understand that that same methodology can be used to understand political systems. That's why I keep pounding away. I want to educate about 50,000 truth, freedom, and health warriors so you can better your health. You, we can win freedom. We can win truth. It's all interconnected. Anyway, everyone, I I'm, I'm late for my class, but I hope all of you become truth, freedom, and health warriors and contribute to our, and support us. You can you know, just join as a member. But I, those of you who are supporting us uh, financially, I cannot take it without also giving back. That's why we've created the supporter program. You get the books and the Your Body, Your System, or you get become a warrior. So please support this for yourself. We need to build a bottoms-up movement. Thank you very much. Be the light. Thank <laughs> you.